Well, praise the Lord, PT. Woo! I said, praise the Lord, PT. Woo! All right, all right. Now, for those of you who are just like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that guy was dancing so close to that girl, young lady. That's my daughter. We live in the same household. And so I was like, oh, this is the first time I can actually jump on stage and dance and not even care. So I danced with my hands in the air, just like I didn't care. And it is good to be able to be in the house of the Lord. And I hope you were dancing in your house because you have the opportunity. We, we got the joy, joy, joy down in our hearts. Praise the Lord. Well, um, question for our young people, particularly the age 17 and under, um, and you will send your answer for a prize, Dunkin' Donuts card, to the email noted below on the screen. But from last week's sermon, I preached on the, from the title, Don't Lose Your Accent. And by your accent, I was talking about your joy. And last week, I used two Greek words for the word joy. The word joy is translated into two Greek words. And so if you know what those two Greek words are, uh, email your answer, 17 and under, to the address below, and they will make sure that the appropriate people will win the prize. God bless you. I also want to encourage you, I'm really excited uh, that on New Year's Eve, we're going to have our New Year's Eve service. Praise the name of the Lord. It is going to be, uh, as you know, New Year's service is usually a big uh, service for our church. As a matter of fact, uh, after last year, where we had standing room only at PT North, the upstairs was packed, the downstairs was packed. We were actually thinking about moving it to PT South because we just outgrew PT North for our New Year's service. But anyways, we'll be on Zoom, and it's going to be exciting. Um, don't, don't, don't think in your mind, ah, oh, you know, New Year's Eve is going to be on Zoom. No, this is going to be a different service, a lot of interaction, um, want to prepare you so that you can think in mind what you want to what you want to be uh, thinking about we're going to divide it into four parts number one part one is going to be what have we lamented about 2020 you know some of us have grieved over some things as i know for me i, I lost my dad so there's things to lament over uh, 2020 at the same time we also want to going to part two, which is, what do we thank God for? What were some Jehovah sneakies? What were some unexpected blessings in 2020? And then in 2021, it's going to be, what is our prayers and our hopes for 2021? And then finally, the blessing, where we get the opportunity to bless each other. So join us at 11 o'clock p.m. on December 31st. That's our New Year's Eve service. And just to remind you, uh, we switched our consecration. Our 21-day prayer and fasting consecration is going to start on January 10th as opposed to January 3rd, so January 10th, and it will conclude on the 31st. And so we ask that you be ready for that. Praise the Lord. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 2, 
verses 36 and 37, and this is the Passion Translation. A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher, the daughter of Phanuel. As Anna was, Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After her husband died, she chose. After her husband died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually for the past 84 years, she had been serving God, that is worshiping God with night and day prayers, plural, and fastings. She served the Lord in the temple night and day with prayers and fastings. I wanna to speak to you on the subject, ship movers. I wanna to talk to you on the subject, subject ship Movers, Father, I pray that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power that your, our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Greene, but in the power of God. I thank you for the many people who have been praying for me, Lord, praying for us. Thank you for the operations team. I thank you for um, the, the media team. Thank you for the musicians and uh, the the praise leader, and Lord, I thank you for just uh, Lady Carmen here also. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing. Now speak to us, Lord. I know this, last, this is the last Sunday of the year, and, it, and it's so easy to check out, you know, even just kind of kind of mail it in, so to speak. But Lord, your people deserve too much for me to just mail it in to, that, that I had. I, I wanted to make sure I sought you to have a word for your people. So Lord, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name, amen. Um, I wanna encourage you to understand something about this woman, Anna. Nothing on planet Earth happens by accident and nothing that God wants done in planet Earth can will take place unless there is an intercessor. And so God raises up intercessors to accomplish his purpose in the earth. And I wanna remind you, and I've said this a number of times, there are three types of people that God is looking for. Number one, he's looking for the lost. I mean, he is searching for the lost. That is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. Secondly, God is looking for worshipers. In John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, it says, The hour has coming, and now the hour is where the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit of truth, for the Father is seeking worshipers. Worshipers, worship, people who put God in a position of worth. In other words, God says that everything that has breath has to praise me. So praise is not an option. As a matter of fact, he says, if you don't praise me, I'll make the rocks cry out and praise me. But worshipers are difficult to find because praisers exalt God for what he's done. So you can, you can actually praise somebody even if you don't like them because they did something that, 
that, that, that is worthy of praise. But, but worshipers value God for who he is. So, mm, so even in the midst of a horrible year, a worshipers still find worth in God and say, God, like, mm, like Job said, after he lost everything, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, but I will still bless his name. If you're like that right now, I want you to just lift up your hands and bless God. Put it in the emote, in the chat, that, that you've been through some hard times, but in the midst of it, even in, with your tears, you still said, I will bless the Lord. Uh, that's it's an interesting. The writer doesn't say, I desire to bless the Lord, because sometimes the desire is not there. I will. Sometimes you just got to bless God through grit teeth. And then God, sadly, and this is the one time where God actually was full of remorse, where he said in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, I was, I was searching the earth for someone who would stand in the gap, someone who would intercede for, for the city, for the country, so that I would not release my judgment, but I couldn't find one man to intercede. Intercession is so important to God, and I've said this before, that there are, we, we as a church believe in the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Intercession Intercessory prayer is so important that two-thirds of the Godhead are currently right now interceding for us. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, that Jesus Christ right now, he's at the right hand of God interceding for us. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 all the way to 28, that the Holy Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And the Bible says that even when we don't have the words to say, it says that he, that is God who searches the heart, knows what's in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That's how important God needs intercessors for and so you have this season between Malachi and Matthew called the 400th silent years where there's no, there's no word from the Lord. And God needs an intercessor because he knows he needs to release John the Baptist according to the book of Isaiah. And we're going to be going through the book of Isaiah in morning prayer starting uh, uh, January 4th, we're going to go through one chapter at a, one verse at a, sorry, one chapter every day, Monday through Saturday, all the way up through the end of March, because Isaiah, and we'll talk about that later, another time, but Isaiah is truly a book of justice. But you have, you have, uh, in Isaiah, he prophesies that the voice, there's going to be a voice crying in the wilderness. He prophesies in Isaiah chapter 7, this is this is 700 years before Christ was even born. He prophesies that this virgin uh, is going to have a son. And so that doesn't just happen. And as God is about, he, he senses that the moment is coming, not senses. He, his timing, because the Bible says, I think it's Galatians, it says, at the appointed time that Christ came and died for the ungodly. So there was an appointed time and God realizing his appointed time, just like, mm, just like uh, uh, 
Jeremiah prophesies. He prophesies that, hey, Israel, after 70 years, you, you, you were taken captive in Babylon in 605 BC, uh, but after 70 years, you're gonna be released. And so, uh, though it was prophetic, and this is, this is the thing that's gonna help you, uh, just because you have a prophetic word doesn't mean you don't need to pray. So God's like, all right, I see the 70 years are about to come up in around 538 BC, so I need an intercessor. I need somebody to intercede to make sure that my prophetic word comes to pass. And so if you read the scripture, Daniel, all of a sudden, he's, he's reading the word and he says, wait a minute, Jeremiah said 70 years, we'll be captive in Babylon, then we'll be released. Wait a minute. And he looks at his calendar, not his watch, his calendar, and says, oh my goodness, the 70 years is now. And, and Daniel starts, whose name means God is my judge, God is my decision maker. He begins to fast and pray for 21 days. And, and, and as a result of that 21 days, supernaturally, God sends in the, the Persians to destroy Babylon and release the people of Israel to go back to their land after being captives in Babylon for 70 years. Nothing simply happens. The world, the world is governed by intercessors. So God senses, God, God has declared that, okay, the Christ is about to be born. The, the, the forerunner is about to be born. So he, picture yourself, there's this young girl, she's 16 years old. She just gets married. It's one of the happiest days of her life. And, and after the first year, she's expecting to have a child, no child. Year two, year three, year four, seven years come and, and there's no child. And, and she is just like Elizabeth. She's looked upon as someone who has a curse, someone who can't seem to produce a child because barrenness was considered a curse back in those days. And so now she's 23, and all of a sudden, at the age of 23, her husband dies. Now she's a widow. So first, she's looked upon as someone who is cursed, and now she's a widow. And, um, and maybe in her mind, she says, well, I'm young enough to get remarried again. And the Holy Spirit speaks to her and says, Anna, I need you to be an intercessor. I need you to forego for, go your dreams of being a wife and being a mother because I need you to pray in order to help, watch this, to make history. To make, watch this, his story. And so she chooses to go into the house of the Lord, the temple, and to worship God, to serve him with prayers and fastings. And she, Anna, her name in Greek means Grace, she, she is full of the grace of God because it took grace for her to do what she was called to do. Her, her, she's from the tribe of Asher, which means blessed. 
And his name means grace. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Paul says it this way, I am who I am by the grace of God. And, and all that I'm accomplishing is by the grace and the favor of God. Asher, her name, she's from the tribe of Asher, which means blessed. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3 says, the, the person who is blessed is a person who walks in God's counsel and in the person who meditates on God's word day and night. So she's a person who walked in the counsel of God. She's a person who knew the word of God. And then her father was named Fanuel. Now, Fanuel is an interesting word. Fanuel actually means, when you ever see E-L at the end of a, of a, of a name, it usually is the Hebrew word Mike, uh, God. So Mike-L means who was like God, or Mish-L, who was like God. Dan-L means uh, 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 judged of God, or God is my judge. Sam-U-L means asked of God. So her name is Fan-U-L, which means face of God face of God. Now, you need to understand that in the Hebrew, there's no word for the presence of God. Whenever you see the prince, whenever you see the word presence of God, it is translated the face of God. So you have this man, Jacob, who is, who is in a situation where he sees angels ascending and descending, and he, uh, sorry, he, he's wrestling with God, wrestle with the angel, and he gets his name changed from uh, Jacob to Israel, which means I have fought with God and I've won. And the, the place where he wrestled with the angel, he, he named that place uh, Penuel, Peniel, which means face of God, because he, he's saying, I've, I've wrestled and I've been in the presence of God and I didn't lose my life. There's something about being in the presence of God. The Bible says that we can walk, we have to live our lives regularly in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence, in your face, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The role of the intercessor is that they're in the presence of God and they're, they're, they're a go-between. They, uh, they have one hand on God and one hand on the person or the thing God wants to touch. They are intercede, which simply means they are the go-between. And God says to Anna, I got an appointment that's so important that I've allowed you to be afflicted with barrenness and, I, and I've allowed the enemy to take your husband. And I'm going to need you to intercede for this big plan, the greatest plan I'm going to release on the earth. But I'm going to need you to intercede, to fast and pray for this, watch this, for 84 years. I, I want you to give your life to seeing my plan come to pass. Folks, that's like God saying to somebody at the end of World War, no, at, no, sorry, at the beginning 
of World War II from 1939. It's like God saying, I want you to fast and pray from 1939 till today because I'm about to do something in the earth. Oh, Anna is an unsung hero. Let me tell you something. Not, the plan of God would, would, would have been blown up if it wasn't from Anna. It was, mm, it was Anna's prayers that allowed Zachariah and Elizabeth to have a baby in their old age. It was Anna's prayer that allowed God to impregnate Mary. It was Anna's prayer that, that, that changed Joseph's heart to not have Mary killed and actually believe that something could happen to this teenage girl that had never happened in folks that had never happened in the entire history of man. Why do you think Joseph was able to believe? You think he believed because he was a good guy? No. Anna was praying eight and a half decades for Joseph's heart to believe so that Joseph would not ruin a prophecy that God stated eight centuries before. The world belongs to intercessors. And all that we're experiencing in Pentecostal Tabernacle is because of intercessors. A couple of weeks ago, I was honored to bury one of my mentors in prayer, Mother Sylvia Watson. She died at 100 years old. And she didn't, she didn't give me lessons on prayer. She modeled, emulated. She was an example of prayer. And I watched her, her faithfulness. There were times when she was at the church by herself, praying. And all that we're walking in now is because of intercessors like Mother Watson. Come on, let's just praise God for this wonderful general. She's an Anna. She's an Anna, 100 years old. And here's, a, here's an interesting thing. I, I said to her, because some of you remember Mother Watson when she was, <laughs> she kind of says, yeah, we, we celebrated her 99th birthday, and she said, I don't know why God is keeping me here. I want to go home. And she said, I don't want to be, I hope I'm not here for my 100th birthday. And, and there's power in words, because I remember every year I would say to Mother Watson, Mother Watson, you, as long as I'm pastor, you cannot go home because I need you to intercede for me. And I would say that every year. And then this year, the Lord said to me, stop saying that. I was like, what? He said, stop saying that. Because your words may be what's keeping her here. Literally, the beginning of the year, I said, God, let her make 100. And my point is, is that whatever happens in your life, it is because of the intercessor. Let me hurry up. And, and so what are you saying, Bishop? I'm saying that if this church is going to move anywhere, if this, if this church is going to accomplish the plan of God, 
We need people to move this, this, this church that we call a fellowship. We need ship movers. And there are three types of ships I want to talk about and then I'll conclude. There is a fellowship, there is a battleship, and then there is a container ship. A fellowship deals with community and relationships. A battleship deals with combat and wrestling. And a container ship deals with cargo and resources. This is the power of, of what we need. I want to talk about the fellowship first. We need small groups. We need relationships. And I want to show you a video. Hopefully it'll be queued up of what the power of small groups and the power of fellowship. Okay. We had a small group that went to sing Christmas carols uh, at nursing homes. And it was powerful to see a bunch of small groups got together for fellowship, but they were singing Christmas carols at two different nursing homes outside in the cold because they want to, oh, you ready? Okay. the Lord. See, ministry is still taking place. The folks, and folks are now, now starting to get it. The church is not this building. You and I are the church. And what I like about this fellowship and community, that, it, this, that out of this also comes what I call the battleship. The, 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 the wrestling, the battle. And you say, what, where's, where, where's the battle in there? It, 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 it is fighting for justice. What do you mean? Like, nursing homes, sadly, are the places where people are forgotten. In some cases, nurses are the places, nursing homes are the places where folks just kind of, they, they, they just dump people and hope and say, you know what? When you pass away, they'll let me know. And here it is, this small group said, no, everybody should be ministered to with dignity and honor. And so we had a team go to two nursing homes. Uh, uh, no, not a team. It, and that's what I like. It, thank you, Jesus. It, it, it wasn't the pastor saying, hey, I think you want to know. These small groups said, we, we can do this. There's leadership in the pews. That's a good word right there. There's leadership in the pews. There's leadership in the pews. Stop waiting for the pulpit. There is leadership in 
the pews. We can bring justice. And again, our work and definition of justice that was made up by our teenagers. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Keep this, this, is our, this is our theme for next year. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice? One version says practice justice. Love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. This is the this is the uh, ESV version. And so our definition of biblical justice is removing every obstacle and providing every opportunity for people to flourish. Those people were, were, were flourishing by na- being able to sing Christmas carols with, with, with visitors, with folks who didn't even know them. Giving people every opportunity to flourish and to accomplish their God-given purpose. The God-given purpose. There is the fellowship. There is the battleship where we're wrestling and battling. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and power, spiritual uh, wickedness in the heavenlies. This is uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 6. And then there's a containership. That is, you know, uh, uh, you, you carry cargo, you carry resources, and, and, and that's the power of prayer. Prayer brings things from the heavens down to the earth. But again, the scripture says, my God shall supply all you need according to riches and glory, but I don't need his riches and glory. I need his resources down here. And that's why when we pray, we start out with the prayer, our Father, which means my source is in heaven. And so I pray, God, for deliverance. I pray for you to be Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Roe, my guide and my, and my director, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, Jehovah Tiskanu, my righteousness, Jehovah, uh, uh, Je- Jehovah uh, 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 Shama, you are present when I need you. Oh, my goodness. You are my resource. John Wesley, many of you have heard of him, a wonderful revivalist that lived in the 1700s. He said these words. He says, God does nothing in the earth except in response to believing prayer. That's why this is the year of believe. You've got to believe that God will answer prayer. All that we have in PT North and PT South is because somebody has been praying. And thank God for Anna, who prayed for 84 years. So what are you getting at, Bishop? I I need some ship movers. I need some ship movers to to, to do what? To, to, to To help our church pray. To help our church pray. What's a ship mover? Come here, hon. See, there's, there's, prayer gets the job done. And, and so, now, obviously, because of social distancing and whatnot, back in the, in the ancient times, they, were, they, were, they didn't have motorized ships. They had oars. If you get a chance to watch movies like Ben-Hur or Vikings, and they're stroking, stroke. And, and, and you say, well, what are we stroking to? We're, we're stroking to the leading and the beat 
of the Holy Spirit. And so we need you to understand the power of corporate prayer. The six o'clock prayer is important to move this ship. The social justice prayer on Tuesday, which is our day of fasting, we're being inners. Why? Because the ship has to be moved. The midnight prayers at midnight, again, to move the ship, to move the ship. God, is it's about moving cargo. It's about battling the enemy. This is not, our folks, our prayer times are not just for us to get blessings. Our prayer times is not for us as individuals to get our breakthrough. In fact, our prayer times, Lord have mercy, it's not just for PT. We are interceding for this city. We are one of the centers of revival. Anna was not praying just for Anna. Anna was praying for his story. And that's why it's so important for us to pray together. And if you notice behind me, you say, Bishop, you said, Bishop, why is the empty chair there? Because Mother Watson's no longer there. Mother Darlington is no longer there. Reverend Green is no longer there. Deacon Cummings is no longer there. Mother Selman is no longer there. Mother Brown is no longer there. Mother Collins is no longer there. Those are all the people who, when I started out pastoring, they were part of the intercessory prayer team. And you may say, well, I'm not an intercessor. Yes, you are. Because every believer is called to be an intercessor. And folks, yeah, I know some of you, your schedules won't allow you to be at a 6 a.m. prayer or the, uh, the one o'clock prayer or the midnight prayer. But I believe there's many of you who can be there. And here's the good news. You don't have to stay for the whole thing. You may say, oh my goodness, you know, I can't do an hour. Well, stay for the hour. Stay from six o'clock to 6.30. Some people, uh, some people, they're, they're literally blessed. There's a woman who, 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 because of her schedule, she, she couldn't get to morning prayer till about 10 minutes to 7. She would catch the last 10 minutes. I'm not going to mention her name, but God blessed her with, I mean, I can't tell you the number of blessings she's got. It almost isn't even fair. You know who I'm talking about. She would come and say, oh, God bless me. God did this. I'm like, you've only been here 10 minutes. But see, the scripture talks about the, the person who works all day. Mm-hmm. And the person who came in on the last hour, and they all got the same pay. Some of you say, well, I come to midnight, but oh, them people, they stay, to, they stay for three hours. We, look, there are off-ramps on this highway. <laughs> That's a good one right there. There are off-ramps. You know, if, if, you, if you want to leave at 1230, fine, get off at 1230. Don't let the devil tell you, well, you have to stay on for three hours, and you have to stay on. No, just leave when you need to. But don't tell me that you can, no, look. You're looking at your phone at 12 o'clock, 12.30. Some of you are working, look. And could it, mm, could it be that the breakthrough you need for your home 
is at the prayer time. This is a word from the Lord. God is about to do something and he needs you and I to show up for prayer. Come on, you can do once a week. We, have, we even have it on Saturday morning. Well, that's my time off. Folks, folks, folks. What if Anna said, why should I give up my dream of getting married and having children? And I'm quite sure God didn't say to her, oh, by the way, I'm going to keep you praying for 84 years. I'm going to close with this scripture on the power of PT's morning, midnight, and social justice prayers. Because God in this season, for what he's about to do, he's, gonna, he's emphasizing corporate prayer. Psalm 133, verse 1, 2, and 3, King James Version, New King James says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for a brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil, the anointing oil, upon the head running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon, no dry places here, descending upon mountains of Zion for there, where? Where people have gathered together in the name of the Lord, there the Lord commands a blessing. That's why the power of the Holy Spirit fell in Acts chapter 2. It said when they were of one accord, the power of God falls. I'm telling you, we've been having miracles and the move of God taking place at the morning prayer. There was one woman who said, I've been coming to PT for two years and it is amazing that during this season where we can't get together because of the prayers, I feel more closer to PT now. Am I lying about this? I, and, and this was a millennial. This wasn't, this, was, this, this wasn't someone my age who said, I feel more connected to PT now because of these prayers than I've ever felt in the two years that I used to come face to face. God is doing something. And, and, and you need to understand, I am not pleading with you to come because nobody's showing up. Oh, no, no. Our morning prayers are averaging about 50 to 60 people coming. The, 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 the social justice prayer, around 25 to 30 people. The midnight prayers are somewhere between 20 and 30 people. People are showing up. I'm just giving you an invitation to get in on the goods. And so as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, Father, I thank you that this is a season where we need more oars men and oars women. Father, I thank you because people may be looking at me and saying, oh, Bishop, this is, this is a word that I know you, you, you want more workers as a, as, you know, as a senior pastor. No, 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 no. Actually, it was a millennial who said, Bishop, you need to preach that word again, ship movers. Yes, that's right. Someone under 35 said, Bishop, you need to preach that message again because we need more people to, to get on board and not simply be on board, but to grab an oar so that the ship can move. There's a lot of work to be done in this house, but as I said before, 
And I believe with all my heart because the church, the first church modeled this. And that is this. You can and you should and you must do a lot of things after you pray. Because faith without works is dead. But you can't do anything until you've prayed. All that you see have been accomplished. The offering that will be taken that will bless uh, uh, people who are struggling and being challenged with this economic pandemic crisis. All of it has happened not because of our works and our efforts. Sure, we worked hard and, and, and God has blessed many of you to be able to give. But at the foundation of all that is prayer. Why? Because of all the words that God used to describe his house. Isaiah chapter 56, verse 7. And then again in Matthew chapter 21, around verse 13, he says, My house shall be called of all nations, not the house of worship, although worship is powerful, not even the house of my word. He said, it shall be called the house of prayer. I believe that a revival is going to take place that's going to touch our teenagers, our young adults. It's going to, I believe there's a revival that's coming that's going to shape a generation for God like never before, but it's not going to happen without intercessors. And so, Father, this is not all the call for souls, although I pray that people will give their heart to Jesus Christ, but, Lord, I'm praying that you would touch people's hearts to say, okay, Bishop, I know I can do I can do at least one day. I know I can do at least one morning. I know I can do, look, I, I, can, I can hop in for these 20 minutes and, 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 and start rowing to move this ship into spaces where people feel connected, to move this ship into the place where we come and battle the forces of injustice as a battleship, to move this ship in a place where people receive the resources they need, and not just financial resources, but human resources, intellectual resources, uh, uh, medical resources, the things that people need to thrive and to flourish, uh, 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 spiritual resources. So, Father, I pray, I just sense something is percolating. You are getting us ready for something to happen in 2021. You have used this pandemic to, uh, to purge us of things that are not important. You, you have used this to purge us of, of the fatness. And, 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 and we, have, we have gone to a place where we realize that, that things are not important, that you are. So, Father, we bless your people. I, I'm just begging you that the end of this, that, that, that more people this week, as we head into the new year, that you will speak to them. You will speak to them. You will speak to them. I'm not putting anybody through any guilt trip. I'm not cajoling anybody. Lord, you told me to watch my words and let you speak to people's hearts. We need, we need more prayer leaders. We have a lot of prayer leaders, but we need more. We need some teenagers to lead prayer. Oh yes, oh yes, you don't have to be a grown up. We need some, we already have some young people. We have some, we have some uh, uh, 
young people really leading prayer and doing a fabulous job. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, this is my final prayer, Lord, that I pray that when I leave planet Earth, that I will leave a generation of, of God seekers. More than leaving a nice building, more than leaving a big church, I want to leave a generation who are hungering and thirsting and pursuing God. In Jesus' name, amen. Put out your hands. I want to bless you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. May the Lord show you his favor that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. May the Lord make you an instrument of his justice. May the Lord make you a ship mover in the area of prayer. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with divine purpose and destiny for your life. And may the Lord make this, these last few days of 2020 some of the most blessed days of your year. And everybody say, I receive that blessing. God bless you.